podcast from Two and Mike is, I think it's really cool and um, that is what I wanted to say. Two and a mic. Vlad joins me again for some debate, light-hearted argument and some great observations on a Europeanized perspective. Am I so obvious and indeed so fallible at the same time? Further evidence for the need for reflection. My ideas are not as matured as I would have them be, perhaps. Yet this is exactly why I have these podcasts. It's important to see the world through the eyes of others and Vladdy always has the most robust view of things. Thank you again for joining me, Vlad. Vlad, it's great. What can I say to have you back, especially after such um, yeah, an animated discussion in our previous episode? How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing fantastic. Very happy to be here. How are you doing today? Yeah, good, good, good too. I'm I'm armed with a, a fresh mug of coffee because um, I think if today uh, our discussion is going to be as um, yeah as animated um, as our previous uh, talk. Uh, then I think that's something for me to definitely be be prepared for. Um, so once again, then just to just quickly go back uh, to to cover the kind of points that we've been made. So you are you have your desert island or an island. It doesn't have to be a desert. You have your island. I have my island, and we are uh, identifying um, the best way for each of us, in our opinion, uh, to run our island with whatever political system uh, that we may feel or bits of different political systems may also be applicable that we feel um, would be the best way to run our societies. And then afterwards, there's a third island which we may decide to run together and so therefore incorporate the various ideas that we've talked about through the series um, of these discussions, which I've, I've, te- I've, I've termed the discussion democracy, but as you have often said, no, Zach, we're not analyzing democracy. We're analyzing political systems of which right. democracy is only one option. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. So um, we've reached um, points four. So we've both done our your four points. Um, so for you, it's been history, participation, the qualifying to vote and the qualification to hold public office. Um, I've had rule of law, uh, prioritizing of social concerns, um, the guaranteeing of certain rights to expression and protest, for example, um, but then also um, having an officially elected committee with absolute oversight over um, the actions of a government and with the ability to report those actions uh, to the people. So that's where we are, you know, at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so without further ado, Vlad, what is your next point, point number five for you? Okay, point number five. So it's about the correctional system or the penal system. Uh, 
So in my opinion, the correctional system will not have the death penalty. Its objective is uh, it's clear and it's free socialization, but criminals will lose the right to vote. Oh, wow. Okay, so you okay, so no more death penalty, um, which a lot of uh, democratic governments would agree with you, um, mm. but not all, of course. Um, but then if you are found guilty of having committed a crime, you lose your right to vote. Is that only for the duration of the penalty or even after you are released from prison? Um, tough question, but I would say uh, it depends on the crime, because for sure we have like, uh, yeah, killing someone is not the same as uh, going through a red light. But I would say I will need to find like, um, I don't know, a limit. Like if you are sentenced to more than two years of prison, then I could consider that you really lose your right to vote for, yeah, like for the whole life. But but uh, yeah, we can talk about it because I, I, I do see um, a problem if I say that the main objective is resocialization, then for sure I should then guarantee the people that if they are resocialized, that they also get their right to vote back. But then... I could imagine uh, you already know the the comparison. It would be like with the driver's license. Then you have to do it again and then you have to earn the right again. And it's going to be a bit more difficult compared to the first one, because I I think if you are not able to live in society, then you shouldn't have the right to vote. That's a cool point. The re-qualifying um, for the right to vote, because obviously there you're connecting it with your third point um what's also really interesting vlad is that you know i (laughs) haven't even made in my top 10 so you've you've only you you haven't yet reached 10 points but um you've got less than 10 points and you've already addressed uh penalties uh or managing crimes in your society i don't have that at all um I, i my i've got policing but I don't have the management of people who have been found guilty in the penal system. And yeah, I don't know if that tells tells us a lot about how practical a person you are, or maybe about how naive a person I am. No, um, I think so. I, I just think if you're creating a system, you have to be prepared for the case that the system does not work or if the people are not working according to the expectations of the system. And that's why that was for me really important to to have an idea. Okay, what happened if, yeah, because you say role of law, but uh, what if uh, you have, you you will always have a percentage of the population living in your island that they, they don't really care about your role of law. So um, for me, it's very important to to have a plan. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. Um, some of the things that you said there, though, are quite um, mildly controversial. OK, because um, are we then saying that if somebody, for example, society says to a person, you have to fish from a certain hour to a certain hour every day. And that person says after three or four weeks of constant fishing, Joe, I'm too damn tired. I'm not going out today. And then that person is found guilty of working in the, against the interests of the community. Um, will that person then be punished simply for doing something which is perhaps better for them as an individual? 
Uh, and I know I'm flipping here because you said to me in a previous discussion that I'm not, uh, I don't support individual rights enough um, and so on. Um, mm -hmm. But I find it interesting when when we talk about this, particularly because um, I like to be criticised. Yeah, I, I want people to say to me, Zach, that's wrong, you know, um, because I think people have the right to say that I'm wrong especially as because there's a very good chance that they're right. You know, one of the problems that we have with other countries is that when people say that the leaders are wrong or that the leaders have misbehaved or that the leaders have done things which were corrupt, um, quite often the circumstances follow that those reporters who they normally are whistleblowers are arrested and are tried. And so therefore I would ask, um, is there Obviously, there's a legal process, um, but what qualifies for being the interests of the community and um, how far would the interests of the individual allow a person to to fight the criticism of having done something against communities? Mm, yeah, very good question. And. I can imagine the only valid answer there. I would say you are allowed to do everything. So do you have freedom in terms of developing your own personality? But that's only valid if you are not attacking someone. So in you are it's it wouldn't be for me acceptable if you say hey uh, i just enjoy killing people and that's my right so i'm going to kill people and you have to uh, respect it no that's not the case so i think you are allowed to do everything you want but only if society isn't having a very clear negative impact because of your actions and i know that's not that easy in the real world because maybe, I don't know, some of your actions can just uh, bother me. But I'm not talking about uh, just the, the uh, bothering in a, yeah, in a very simple way. I'm talking about uh, nobody should suffer because of your actions. Or you shouldn't suffer just because someone is free or something. I don't know if the, um, if the point is clear. Um, no, no, I, no I, I completely understand the point. Um... I'm just considering how society would judge or more to the point, what kind of freedom society would give. Of course, it's easy to say that, you know, you should not kill. Um, that's one of the commandments. I think every religion would say that um, you know, the right to life is fundamental and cannot be challenged. Um, however, many, many political systems do not consider the right to life to be above the right of a state uh, to exert its need for national security. So therefore, there are, um, you know, this sort of James Bond style license to kill if the state believes it's right for an individual to be killed. Um, and this is without without a trial for example. So how how much will we limit this? So you've already said that there's no such thing as um, uh, the death penalty in your system. Um, but what about people who are then considered to be a threat to society or perhaps the threat to the stability of government? Um, 
there wouldn't be a trial in that case. There would simply be the actions of certain agents. Uh, so, so my point is, um, what kind of limit can we expect to be set on the right to uh, for free speech, the right to protest, and the right to criticise? Um, yeah. Because I think it's a tough one using the arguments that you've put there. Because if society decides um, for itself that one person should perhaps be punished for doing something, it kind of reminds me of some you know, historical events where they've decided one person should be killed above another. Um, and, and invariably, the mob, or in this case, society, doesn't always make the right decision. Yeah, absolutely. Um, many things in there. I guess the, the first thing, we are very happy that from the very beginning we were talking about participation. And if we create our own island, I can imagine we're going to have something similar to what we call today the Congress or the Parliament or something like this. So society is going to be represented in a certain way that we can decide based on our on our own history, on our culture, on our past, what do we think is good and what do we think is bad. And as we were talking about participation, it means it's maybe um, exaggerated now, but always the, the, the legal system is always in a beta mode. It means it can be changed every day or every year. So the same way, for example, here in Germany till, I don't know, that wasn't even 20 years ago, that was like, a, it was fine if you are married and you want to have sex with your with your a wife and she doesn't want to, you have the right to have it. Something that we would say now, hey, that's not possible. They say you are raping a woman, right? And But now we just changed the law. So you are not allowed to do that anymore. And On, we are very lucky that 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 we change that. So in that sense, could be that we organize some some laws, some some rules, and at some point we we see okay, uh, that's not good anymore. We are uh, why should uh, a man has the the right to decide over the body of a woman? That shouldn't be the case. So let's change the the, the law. Let's uh, do some new rules and so on. So I can imagine that we are developing, and I think the the main goal of my system of my island is giving the people the real opportunity to live with dignity. And the second goal would be let's be a better society every day, every year, every decade. So. I can, or I, I very confident that we're going to improve and we're going to learn from the past and from the things that are that are happening. And and this is like the the, the control that is allowing my the people on my island to every decade, every century to have better rules that the yeah, as I said many times, based on our history, culture, and past that allow us to to uh, to always join this line in a more clear way. Yeah, I I think it's great that you come back to those two points, 
um, uh, where you talk about dignity and constant improvement, whether that's over a, you know, a limited period of time or even over an extended period of time. Um, I always refer to these things as like a legacy in the sense that you, let's say you've got a project and the project lasts for six months and the project has to create, uh, I don't know, a, a technological solution to a communication problem. Um, what I find very often that happens is uh, a project takes place, it does the work that it's got to do, um, a report is filed, everybody says, oh, wonderful, we'll consider it then. Yeah. Um, without any any, any sort of um, consideration for legacy. So you know, what is the result of that work? You know, what kind of things has the organization learned from that enterprise? And, and this is what I feel is missing in many, uh, many organizations. Um, it's the legacy of the work. You know, can you tie in all of the work that you do with the, the, the fundamental intentions of your organization? Um, and when you do that there yourself, I, I feel that's cool uh, because then it tells me that, all right, even if a rule isn't necessarily um, possible to apply for events that may take place in 50 years time, we can take the legacy of that rule and we can connect it to the founding principles of our island and find a solution that satisfies both the rule and the uh, the principle mm. and and then you've got a chance of creating something which is which is better but also uh, practical and uh, something which we can all perhaps live up to and accept far too often that doesn't happen and that for me is a concern and mm. i always i always feel at every level of, of an organization legacy has to be an important part of the decision-making process. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's. A, a, I guess this is a, a good summary about my first point. <laughs> <laughs> Which is you mean the history element, yeah? Yeah, history and culture and so on. Yeah, and and believe me, that's a, it's not really easy or something everybody would be would agree with it. Because um, I don't know, maybe I'm doing a mistake starting this point. But um, imagine we have a your island, my island, and then we have another island, and it's called uh, Saudi Arabia, right? And they have their own culture and they have their own history. But I can imagine in our eyes they are doing almost everything wrong, right? Because they they don't have like women, they they don't have uh, same rights or we would maybe want at the, the or or let's say in in our island it's like everyone has the same rights. Uh, you also mentioned a uh, cause of role of law. So the, the, the same laws that apply to you, they also apply to me and in uh, regardless to our uh, gender and, and so on. And then you have another island called Saudi Arabia and they think, hey, sorry, but our history and our culture is different. And and that um, yeah, that's for sure a challenge then for my point. So then it's a, uh, we have to, to see um, if legacy is always a good thing. I think so, and and I think we should just stop with this uh, arrogance that maybe we are facing right now about uh, hey we are here in our uh, West European countries and that's the way to live, and um, 
yeah, I don't know. That wasn't that clear as expected. No, but, no, no. Yeah. No, it was clear in the sense that, okay, but there, there's a question that you haven't asked. So what do we do? Mm. Yeah. Um, and that from my response, what I would do is um, nothing. As in, I, I would perhaps say to the government of this island, if there are people in your among your uh, citizens who want to come and live on my island, I would ask you to allow them to do so. However, I have no right to send uh, people from my island onto that island and tell them they have to live like I live because I don't think that's fair. If we, if I want people to respect the history and legacy of my ancestral development, then I have to show the same to others, even if I disagree completely with them. Hmm. Yeah, I get, I get the point and I can, I totally agree with it. Like we are not interfering there and we are not uh, playing here the, the, um, yeah, like the, the most powerful uh, state that it's gonna tell the world how they have to be organized. Yeah, because the, the one of the main reasons for that is where does that stop? You know, where, where do I stop that principle? Okay, let's say we, the examples that you brought for me are oh, absolutely, yeah, complete gender equality, absolutely. Yeah, there's no doubt about it for me. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't even figure. Um, but then, what about what about the other issues then? Um, you know, what about if somebody says, yeah, on our island, for example, um, everybody has to play this kind of sport. It doesn't matter. And then, okay, well, one minute. Um, what about that kind of sport is potentially dangerous to people who are not over a certain height. So why, why should I ask people to risk themselves just because it's a, it's a tradition for you uh, to play that game or to play that sport? And they say, yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's how it's how we um, it's how we produce our army, for example. So if you go back to the times of Sparta, when they used to release kids at the age of six or seven into the wild, um, and then those who survived were welcomed into the army, and that's how they managed to to keep their uh, their way of life, you know, sort of safe and sacred and so on. Um, I couldn't accept that. You know, I would not ever have allowed um, any of my children uh, to to do that. Why would I expect other people mm -hmm. to to do that? If you know what I mean. So now the point that you make is good. Um, the, it's just a question of because look. Democracy, um, yeah, I'm not sure democracy travels very well. I, I don't mm. think you can you can export democracy, even though we keep trying. Yeah, yeah I'm totally with you. Uh, you know, that's one of my main points about the, the problem of um, concept traveling and concept stretching. And yeah, it's not about democracy. It's about the uh, I cannot live your life. I cannot be. I cannot even if I. I yeah, you know my my example. Even if I try mm. to be like you, and there's no possibility that I can wake up at some day and say I'm you now. Mm. So every single country, every single island should really find their own way, their own path to the society they really want to live in. And if you call it a democracy, if you call it a, I don't know, a vladicracy, I don't know, but 
Yeah. Okay. But let, let's again, let's go back to your your original point. So point number five, um, mm. which is the the penal system, um, which is um, a penal system set up to reintegrate people mm. who have done wrong into society and okay. if that if that takes like 10 years or 20 years the process has to remain the same is that is that fair to say yeah yeah that's uh, true i have to say i'm i really am um fan <laughs> of the german penal system because you know like you can have here you can get um, a life sentence but it's not really a life sentence. It means that you have to be at least for 15 years, if I'm not wrong, and then they are going to see, okay, are you ready to reintegrate to society or not? So, so a life sentence doesn't mean like in the U.S., like okay, you have to to yeah to live in in, in prison until you you die. Here is like okay, we are going to see. Um, I don't know after 15 years, every two three years, if you are ready to go out. And I would like to have something like this. Mm. And in the case say that uh, you don't, you are not able to, yeah, to to be reintegrated, then yeah, unfortunately, then you have to stay there. Mm. Um, yeah, this is the second podcast in a row where your point has also naturally led to my next point. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know how it's, it's uncanny, as in even mm-hmm. when even when they've been completely different points. Um, but there are there are points of principle which connect, yeah. And in, in the question of what you just talked about, it's integration or reintegration um, of those who have been punished for criminal activities. Um, my point is is very different. Um, but first of all, have we completed your the analysis of your penal reintegration process? Yes. 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 Yeah. Okay. All right. This is a, it's a it's a bit longer than the one I read before. Yeah. So I'm I'm sorry um, about the length of these things. I I I'm I'm not a a marketing genius. Yeah. I can't write a whole principle in three words like you do. Um, all right. So number five, society has a collective responsibility to promote and prioritize integration and inclusion in accomplishing multi generational targets. Okay. And those those targets include the sciences, arts, education, business, import and export, travel, environment, policing, law, politics, health and exploration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. OK. So, kick so what's wrong? No, 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 no. I'm just a just trying to understand. So if I get it right, you are. Say let me share. Let me share the yeah. screen with it so you can see what it is, uh, because then it's uh, it's you can sort of reflect back on it. So it's point number five, yeah. Um, can you see um, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I see when when you talk about multi generational targets. So you are talking about it's not only about ourselves, it's also about our sons, grandsons, and so on. So we have to think not only about what's going to happen tomorrow. We are going. We have to yeah to consider the the impact of our actions also in in fifty hundred hundred fifty years, right? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Okay. But also that, um, you know, I, I think that there is an inherent um, need to do things quickly in human society. Hmm. Because we feel as though we need to achieve something in our individual lifetimes. And when I think back to what we consider to be um, sort of humanity's greatest achievements, we look at you know, the Colosseum, we look at the pyramids, you know, and, and these were projects which took longer than an individual generation. Um, yeah, and now I know people say, okay, Let's not forget that uh, some of these buildings were built with, you know, slavery. There are some theories to suggest that actually the people who built the pyramids were not slaves, but they were highly respected expert builders. Um, and, and that we've got that element of history completely wrong. But anyway, I, I don't want to argue that point necessarily. Obviously, I would never advocate slavery. What I'm trying to say, though, is that instead of trying to always hurry Hurry to build a building, hurry to get a project up and running, because I need to prove to the people in the four years that I have of being um, uh, the, the leader of this city or this town. Look what I have achieved. Um, and I think this short sightedness makes us hurry into doing things which are not always beneficial. Um, it makes us hurry into spending money, wasting resources, wasting power of, of our people um, when we could actually say, all right, let's think about this. We'll, we can start a project and this project could take, you know, three or four generations even. Mm. But it's important for the development of our um, of our community in a natural manner. Yeah. And then and then I can start it. But I don't have to be the one to finish it, hmm. if you see what I mean. Yeah. yeah. And I see this this pro problem of hurrying is also it's sort of um, trickled down to the more basic elements of, of, of society. You know, um, what have you done? What have you achieved today? Your boss asks. What have you achieved this week? Um, it's like there's a constant pressure on on people to produce something rather than being a part of something. Yeah. I see the point. I I'm totally with you that um, we shouldn't avoid this kind of pressure that we have about showing results every day and showing results, I don't know, like... Um, We have to prove ourselves that we are good enough and that they, um, you know. Mm. I don't know where to start, but there are some things that uh, I'm asking myself if if this is really good or maybe I'm just uh, missing the point. Mm -hmm. So let's start, for example, with the arts. Okay. I think artists and no matter if they are i don't know a painters dancers a whatever writers they should have the freedom to be an artist without caring about anything that was a movement for example that that we had i would say 200 years ago so 18th century that for the first time in history artists they start doing art for the sake of art 
and 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 it was um how was the 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 name of the thing i think was a the art for the art and something because you know before all the artists were working for a for a queen for a king for something they were like a mixing politics with arts and in my eyes i think that that was a very good change so i would take arts out of this list because i don't care if your paintings today are going to have an an impact 100 years ago so i want you to have all the freedom you can have while developing your next painting your next book your next a uh, choreography and so on but maybe i just uh, you are just uh, trying to say something different and i'm over engineering the point yeah no, I'm, i'm not trying to say that people should not pursue um these kinds of uh, achievements so, you know clearly if that were the case then we would have lost so much through mm. artistic expression. And, and let's not forget that a lot um, has actually been um, produced through art, which has also led to political and social development. I mean, you know, it's, it's easy to, to forget, but the Renaissance was not simply a question of um, uh, of art, but there was also the reintroduction of an ancient Greek philosophy, the reintroduction of... Um, the ability to analyze what it is to be human. I mean, humanism, you know, as, as a concept was reintroduced through uh, the exploration of ancient lost texts. And this appeared at the time of the Renaissance. And, and art simply allowed this to be reproduced in different ways. So I completely agree that artistry or artists should be given the freedom of expression. Absolutely. The only thing that I'm removing from um, that freedom of expression is that the artist should not be told they've got one month to deliver mm -hmm. that art. I'm saying the artist should take as much time as the artist believes is needed yeah. Yeah, to okay. deliver that art. Yeah, very interesting what you just said. In my eyes, the Renaissance was just Europeans looking for some excuses to put European in the center of the world. <laughs> <But> <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but yeah that would be another discussion about history and 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 yeah and yeah the first thing they, they found was a, a yeah the, the whole the greek uh, philosophy and and so on and and yeah another another discussion maybe just write it down for um for our <laughs> next uh, podcast session about history and how yeah. europe always uh yeah achieve um yeah mislabel in history and so on but okay Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I, do you know what? I'm not going to respond to that because you're right. We need to. We need to have a proper discussion about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah. Um, then then I get the point, and then I'm with you. Then um, I I see we we are the, the same opinion there. So um, collective responsibility and multi generation multi-generational targets uh, yeah i see one um i know you're talking yes about your island i mm. just want to be sure that these targets are only valid for your island and i don't <laughs> want to have this responsibility with mine why let's talk again about reality history and so on If your island, I don't know, let's say your island is called Europe, right? Just a, a random name. Mm 
<laughs> and and you are doing everything wrong with the environment. You are really like a killing the planet. And after 200 years, you achieve a certain uh, a, a beautiful level of um, of life where you have a, a nice infrastructure and you have really nice railways and and highways and everything. And then at some point you realize, wow, we have to stop because uh, the planet is yeah, it's not really doing good with all the advance that we are that we are um, having, yeah. And then imagine my island, I don't know, it may be South America or Africa, and we don't have this this evolution or, or this uh, all this infrastructure that you already have. Then please don't come to me telling me I have to take care of the environment and I have to reduce my my um, my uh, emissions because we are uh, fucking up the earth. Mm. So. That would be like, okay, this is for you and not for me. And and then okay, if you achieve that already, then okay, yeah, for sure. Then 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 stop. Then then uh, try to to be uh, um, not that fast. But uh, I can imagine you get the point. I do, I do. And um, luckily, I shared my document with you, so you can see my point number seven. So we can come back to that and re- reassess it uh later on at the at the correct time on purpose um, i stopped reading the, the points so i can <laughs> it remain a surprise for me next time okay all right cool so i'll i'll I'll, uh, I'll stop sharing that then because it makes your uh your ability to disregard it easier um but now i need to work out how on earth i can stop uh, stop sharing no uh, worries i'm not looking at it Oh, there it is. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, I, I enjoy the the examples that you bring. It's it's amazing that you bring this, this the the random choice of word for for Europe. Um, yet there's yet yeah, look, I, I think it's absolutely impossible to overlook the 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 hypocrisy of um, the the some of the solutions which are being uh, sort of uh presented with regards to climate change so you know telling countries like india uh that you know they they have to reduce their emissions targets by 20 something 2035 2038 or whatever and india responds with yeah we can do it by 2060 because we actually have to achieve a certain level of development before we can even consider um reducing uh, you know our carbon emissions. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's simply not enough to turn around and expect other countries to stop doing what we have already done, as you correctly point out. However, there is a need because we've identified there is a need uh, for for the planet to you know, reverse uh, the the heating process as much as possible. Now, how much can we as humans influence that that development you know are we then playing the role of god um by trying to reverse that process you know far more intelligent people than i have to answer those questions i don't know um but again this comes back to the the other point which i raised earlier with which is mutual assistance yeah we are in this together you know there is only one human race so Mm -hmm. um 
Yeah, there is no it's, it's like the solution also that we have to the pandemic. You know, I mean, I think lots of governments have turned around and said, you know, the, the Corona pandemic is not over until it's over for everyone. Mm. Yeah, it's not enough to only have um, the, the vaccinations for Europe and North America and Australia and uh, Japan and, you know, South Korea and so on. It needs to be accessible to the whole world because if it's not you know with the globalist uh, sort of travel situation that we've got um it's going to come back and come back and come back um, and and i think it's just the same issues that we have with other uh, you know um uh, in other situations climate change you know we're not simply going to build a bubble over europe and the rest of the world is going to go to shit um and other oh, we're okay no that's not how it works um, yeah. yeah, it's one planet. We need to find yeah. a, a solution collectively. So, um, you know, I, I do believe this is one of the issues that we far too often overlook. We're too, we're too focused on possession. This is my country. Um, this is my, you know, um, natural resource. I can do what I want with it. Mm. Um, and on the other hand, we are too, too arrogant. No. no, 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 no. But I know better than you do what you should do with your resources. Um, I don't think we can afford to to still be this way. We, yeah. we need to have evolved beyond that. Yeah. Sorry, Vlad. I talk too much again. Please. No, 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 no. no. I really love. <laughs> I, I, I have to admit, this is still now the um, the most interesting point of our list because I was wondering when this moment would come and now we really realize that even if you have the best system you are not alone so even if i create the best system for my island i have to see how i'm gonna organize my relations my official relationships to the other islands and that's why this is fantastic what a, we are um what we are talking about right now and i would say yeah, I understand all your points. We only have one planet. That's true. But it means we need common solutions. And I'm totally okay because I know that there's no possibility that all islands um, can develop in the at the same pace. And for sure, we are going to have islands that are far more developed compared to others. But now, okay, then we have the problem. And we, if we stay with the example that I mentioned um <clears throat> At the beginning of, of this point, then if you are completely rich and you have a, a nice a infrastructure and so on, then it's up to you if you want me to go the same path. If you say, hey, no, that's not good for the planet, then okay, then help me, but then with a real help, right? I I know there was a case some years ago with um, Ecuador. I don't know if you know about that case that the president of Ecuador, he talked to the international community and said like, hey, in order to maintain my people in with dignity, in order to, to um, have a normal economic growth, I need to start doing, I don't know, something with the... Um, how do you call it with the uh, vault in in uh, with the, the forests with the yeah. forests right yeah. 
They were. Uh, they need to, to look for uh, natural resources in the forest, very bad for the planet, and that was not only bad for Ecuador, but bad for the whole world. If if they were if, if they would start like a, um, yeah, I don't know, um, doing, doing what something. Brazil is doing, yeah, yeah, and 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 then he said he's a in in at least in my opinion a very smart guy. He's also um uh, understand a lot of uh, economics and so on. So he talked very, very, uh, in a very honest and very open way to the international community. So, guys, I need that for my economy because I need, I don't know, let's say 10 billions. But I know we need that for the planet. So I offer you a deal. You can, as a world, as international community, give me the 10 billion. And I promise you, I'm not going to touch this forest. And what happened? Nobody sent anything to Ecuador. And what's happening right now, they are, yeah, devastating this uh, forest. So I would say, yeah, but then I would expect from you, if in that case you are the most developed island, that if I tell you, hey, I need to do this, but that would be also bad for you. So I just need, I don't know, uh, two millions. Then that you say, okay, then let's see how we can organize. Maybe I cannot give you two. I can give you only 10% of it, but uh, there are other islands and let's find a common solution. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, this also goes down to uh, the, the economic pursuits. I mean, why is a certain resource so important? Um, is there no alternative resource? Is the is the thing that you're trying to create necessary? Uh, is this simply, a, a, you know, a, an option to enrich a certain group of individuals within society or, or is there an absolute need? I mean, is, is this like um, is there a plant a specific plant which has certain healing properties that needs to be um, sort of mined for you know, to take care of a disease which the, the, the local people have. There are so many um, factors which um, could be considered. I'm not just talking about the Ecuadorian example. I mean, with regards to any other kind of situation that may arise. I, I think that the approach that the that the Ecuadorian uh, was it president um, took. Um, was the correct one. The fact that the international community yeah, neglected to to come up with a solution says a lot about the uh, international community, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, I guess we we have a, a very similar opinion here, and I can imagine that we also need an international system with maybe better, <laughs> better rules compared to what what we are having right now oh man how many future episodes are we planning here because um okay we've got yeah no no that's fair enough uh, vlad you're right the international um organizations i mean okay we're not going to talk about them here uh, no. but but i think that the, there are lots of international or multinational organizations that really, I'm not sure how beneficial they are to the world as it is today. I think they were established at a certain time in the past. They were established by certain kinds of people in the past that are not in any way representative of the world in which we live today. And uh, as you kind of referred to earlier um, or in the previous podcast, laws can be updated to suit the changing needs um, and principles of society. 
for some reason, though, there are other parts of human organization uh, that haven't been addressed in this way. And I think one of those is uh, in this in the form of international organizations, international banking, um, uh, you know, international security and safety concerns. You know, these are all organizations that have existed now for, you know, 60 or 70 years. And for some reason, we don't seem to have the courage to ask the same question. Why? Why are these things necessary today? Hmm. um, And and I think it it does take a certain amount of courage to, to ask that question. Unfortunately, I don't see... Um, the responsible politicians um, who are courageous enough to ask those questions. Yeah, <clears throat> tough ones, but uh, but yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I have nothing to add right now. Yeah, <laughs> I, no, I but I'd, with you, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But but I'd like I'd like to think that your island and my island would be able to have uh, a sort of you know a friendly conversation. Um, and that would come up with mutual solutions. Yeah, so, sure. And it's not going to be easy. That's one thing that we also have to know, right? It's uh, because yeah. I have to respect your own yeah a system and, and so on, because if we are avoiding this, or at least we are trying to avoid that you play the role of the arrogant one who knows what's best for me, that's something we don't have to 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 have. And if we want to talk to each other as equals, then it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be beautiful and challenging. Mm. Which is a, a wonderful place to actually um, yeah bring our discussion to a natural conclusion, because I, I think each each of the points that we will present in the next uh, session will also require extensive debate in the same way that these ones sure. have. Um, and so, therefore, I wouldn't want to to hurry into another um, you know, a discussion without giving it its, its sort of due attention. Um, Vlad, fantastic. Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, another podcast session with you. Are there any final points or comments that you'd like to make? Hey, no, I also enjoyed uh, this session and I'm very looking forward to the next one. Thank you very much, Brad. It's so good to to, you know, to be able to have these chats with you. Um, I, you know, I love the fact that you are not inclined to agree with me at any point, mm-hmm. um, and yet sometimes you you still say that you agree with me. That's very that's wonderful of you. So thank you very much. Cool. Thank you very much. Bye. Two, two, and a mic.